Yo, what's up, everyone? It's Jared with WMT Podcast. Uh, I'm just going to get right to it. Today's guest is the very unique uh, Sean Murphy. That's the best. I know unique is such a shit descriptive term, uh, but I, I, I just got out of this podcast, and my, my brain's a little... My brain's a little wrecked right now, as I'm sure yours will be once once we're done. Um, what a what an individual! Um, this uh, I don't I don't know how to even get into this. Sean, Sean Murphy is originally from our area. Left several years ago to go to L.A. Fucking shot porn musicians. <laughs> you, you name it, he's done everything. Um, just a crazy, interesting life. It's, uh, several battles with with addiction, and several times in and out of there. Uh, proud to announce that he's you know been sober for six and a half years now, sober from everything. And uh, we get into a lot of this on this podcast. God, I'm, I'm almost still like a little shake. I feel like a Tasmanian devil just came in my. Yeah, they just, he just wrecked our world. Yeah, like yeah, a Tasmanian <laughs> devil just came in my office and just wow, wow, all over the fucking place and uh, just. Man, it just just, le- just left me kind of feeling like I didn't even know how to do this intro. Um, but anyway, this man, what a fun! I'm, I'm having more fun as we go with this podcast too. Like, just uh, really glad, really glad we're doing this, and really glad to anyone who's listening. And you know, fuck, listen to this one. This is a good one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, fuck, what's a better word than unique? Uh, singular. Uh, the uh, he's, he's mad, man. He's just fucking mad. Yeah, and I mean, and just even even following. I mean, just to have this guest and then my guest next week that we're having is just we're we're in for it. These next two episodes, we're fucking in for it. Uh, so the singular and very unique Sean Murphy, please welcome him. We're live. Sean Murphy, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming in, dude. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it, man. It takes a minute or two. Right. To, no worries. To uh, start going. So, uh, so yeah, man. So, I guess, man, I don't know where to really even start here. We should probably at least let let you you know tell a little bit about yourself so people kind of know kind of uh, know what we're dealing with, man. You're dealing with a lot. <laughs> and uh it's hard to it's it's kind of <laughs> it's hard to kind of it's hard to uh it's hard to encompass it all in a short couple sentences. It, it, it there's a lot of twists and turns and and um a story for for every I mean it's just it's it's endless. So um I mean, I don't know. Where do you want to? <laughs> well, we're here. To, we're here to hear some stories. So, talking I mean, about I guess drugs and hookers, or uh, <laughs> me being an altar boy. Uh, <laughs> Wherever you want to start out, man. <laughs> Shit. If we want to go back to altar boy Acid, days, we can bull do that. fights. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I guess. I guess uh, man, I don't know. Where do you want to start out? Maybe uh, you're, you're obviously okay. You're you are even though you uh, Los Angeles is home right now. Mm-hmm. You consider Fort Walton Beach pretty it, much permanent home, yeah. yeah well, um, so I pretty much grew up in Fort Walton Beach uh, uh, since I was a little kid, and I went to prior Choctaw Hatchie High School, and um, you know then I 
my best friend and I moved to Hawaii, came back for a while. I mean, went to community college in Orlando for like one second. Valencia? Uh, Valencia Community College, Ooh. East Campus. I was at the East Campus. Yeah. Are you? Over there by Alafea. Oh, dude, that's where <laughs> I went, yeah. Como se llama? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, so. I was telling a story today. Like, I almost married this uh, Puerto Rican chick that had like a three month old baby. Don't don't ask. I don't know where the, her old man was, but she wanted to go back to Puerto Rico, and I was like real close, like my whole trajectory, <laughs> going to Puerto Rico, and God knows <laughs> where I'd be now. But uh, so I, I tell the, I mean, I tell this story a lot, but it's very important. And we were just talking about, you know. Uh, being open and honest, I think, is very important. You never know who's listening, what you might say. I, my theory is, I, I should think before I, I talk, but I don't. I say everything, and it's a lot of hit and miss, and a lot of <laughs> offensive shit, and things that people don't want to hear. But occasionally, I'll have some something good to say, and it might help somebody. But this old dude was my photography teacher. I took literally two classes there, and one was a photo class, and it was this old dude. Um, and he was uh, a life magazine photographer, mm. old, uh, crippled, kind of like, you know, <laughs> hands were all jacked up from the chemicals and they're like yeah, stained yellow. I'd never seen this. I was like, man, this, I mean, he was crazy looking, you mm. know, and they'll kind of hobbled around and, um, he gave us an assignment. Uh, I did the assignment and I of course went overboard and I think it was like something having to do with like, uh, the, you know, the, the great, uh, the zone system or something like that and so i built this box with charcoal and put my girlfriend's face coming out of it and did this whole thing with like shadows and all this crazy shit and and uh, i was in the dark room and he saw it and after the class he just pulled me aside he's like man because i shouldn't probably say this but you know you have something beyond maybe what this area has to offer and if i were you i would move to new york or boston and i was like really you think that should happen and um he's like yeah and i I finished most of that class out, but all the time packing my shit, and, and I, I moved to Boston, and, and that was the rest of his history, really. Um, so I when I was in Boston, I went to New England School of Photography, got out of there, went to Hawaii, you know, San Francisco. Uh, I mean, we could dive in. We could stop and pause at any point <laughs> in these stories, and there's many stories. But, you know, I got into, like, the, you know, kind of the um, – the the gay club scene mm-hmm. in San Francisco just because it's San Francisco and I like to take pictures and, and I, what what time frame is this This is we're talking about uh like late 90s early 90s early 93 90s. okay and my girlfriend soon to be wife at the time she you know uh we just were in the party scene and yeah. we um I took pictures at at clubs and met stylists and makeup artists and and got my first job for the from this gay couple that started surface magazine which is now a huge glossy international magazine but at the time it was like a newspaper cover type deal and i shot um blondie and uh peter murphy and nina hagen and Mm -hmm. tears for fears and the list is goes on and they gave me all that whole start into kind of that you know celebrities and music people me being from the 80s i was like holy i mean i was taking pictures of like the people that i idolized in high school and junior high school it was just crazy does that ever become normal yeah (laughs) Yeah, does that freak you out no but i mean it's i don't know i I remember 
the coolest, the first one was, um, oh, and I were, and I have to say too, if, uh, I worked at this place called the Phoenix hotel in San Francisco, which is every band that tours, uh, the country, they all stay at the Phoenix Hotel. They go to San Francisco. It's like the rock and roll. Mm. It's it's a like a a, a cool uh, motel that wraps around a pool right in the middle of the Tenderloin and the kind of the ghetto. Kind of like what's that one in L.A. where um where like Jimmy would stay and Janis Joplin would stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of uh, like the yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of that vibe yeah. exactly. But and it was like it's in the middle of like a shitty area. And I worked at the restaurant called Miss Pearl's Jam House. I think mm. we the nickname was the Graham House because we just this was back <laughs> in the day. You know what I mean? And I would like the the bands would stay would stay there, and then I would inevitably end up getting them drugs because mm. I they and, and I was a photographer and I would weasel like sometimes Surface Magazine would hire me to shoot a band. And then I would end up waiting on that same band that night. And they're like, Tricky was a good example. I sh- did a photo shoot at the hotel. And then that night, he's, he's sitting at my table. He's like, well, you work here too? What the fuck? You know? And I was like, ah. I mean, it was just kind of a little awkward, but not yeah. really. Uh-huh. You know? Shane McGowan, one of my all-time heroes from the Pogues, mm. lead singer of the Pogues, he was there one time. And no one would wait on him because he was so afflicted looking. He has missing teeth and shit. He, all he could say was, oh, give me another hurricane. You know, he wanted to drink these fucking drinks and stunk. And he wanted to smoke. He can't smoke anywhere because California sucks. Mm. And so I had this shitty, like, Volkswagen square back. And, and uh, he'd be like, oh, I want to need a cigarette and, and shit. And I'm like, I'll fucking take you. Let's go. I'll take you somewhere you can smoke. And i just, like, tell my friends to watch my station. I'd take strapped him into my Volkswagen and I'm like gunning it over the hills of San Francisco with my idol like this kid <laughs> like all fucked up you know just like Wah! you know it was great like that shit happened like all the time the Catherine Wheel like all these bands came through and then mm. became my friends just from like me being you know outgoing and them staying in the hotel and yeah Partying with, them. partying with what, them exactly them, yeah. partying with them taking their picture it was a good time there wasn't a lot of shooters mm. Uh, because you you know you had to go to school, uh, it was expensive. You know you had to know have a lot of skill sets to yeah. do to do like the job, just the basic job to take a picture was a big fucking deal. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so for me, I just that's how I kind of got into it. But I remember the 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 big turning point was <clears throat> surface. The, so the very one of the very first shoots was um, the lead. Uh, Roland Orzabal from Tears for Fears, mm-hmm. and that was one of my favorite bands too. Yeah. And so they so they gave me this this job to go shoot him in, at the Chateau Marmont in Los Angeles, and I had never been to Los Angeles yet. And I remember renting like a a Mustang convertible, and this waitress that was working with me was like, "Let's go, to, gonna go to like you know Los Angeles and chill." And we drove to Los Angeles, took the one hundred and one, and we pull into Los Angeles as the you know, just like let that movie less than zero, like you know, na 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 na, na. and there's palm trees and shit. We have like our photo shit, and we're like, God damn! I mean, it was just like the second I saw that in the sun and the palm trees, I was like, man, this is fucking. This is where, where, you I, need this to be. where I, I I just felt like this is the shit right here. Mm. Chateau Marmont, like one of those famous spots in L.A., and um, got getting to shoot one another one of my idols, and um, it just. And it was, it's like natural. It wasn't, ner- I wasn't nervous. And I mean, that kind of goes away fairly quickly. Yeah. When you get to build a little bit of confidence and you realize I'm good at 
what even at that early age I I don't know I just had a little bit of confidence I knew what I was kind of what I was doing and it worked out and and that and so from then on nothing really became there was never I'm more nervous doing stuff for friends yeah you know what I mean like if someone asked me to like take their family picture or something like that or that makes me nervous because I want to do a good job for the family yeah. or or like I shot some cancer patients a couple of weeks ago for like a charity thing and I was really I mean I, I was so nervous I scouted the spot like three times this hospital and I was like all tripped out and doing yeah. a lot of research and you know I really wanted to do a great job and that's what I get nervous about it's never like you know shooting a band or or celebrity because they're just people right yeah well, absolutely <laughs> Yeah. And that, you know, just just with a little bit that I've dealt with that too. Yeah, after after you meet one or two it kinda kinda wears off and you are just you know, even if it's someone you really respect, it, it is at the end of the day just, just another human, you know, who's trying to work and do what they're trying to do, trying to work and create. Um so I definitely can understand that, how that kinda wears off. So so when you get to LA, you just do you go back? Or Um, so yeah, so I went to LA and um and this is where shit gets weird, but we <laughs> we lived in San Francisco, like in South of Market, which I don't, if you know anything about San Francisco, mm-hmm. there's South of Market used to be, it's still a little gritty, I suppose, but that was just warehouses and, you know, clubs and like yeah. it was seedy shit and rehabs and just homeless people, you know, it was just, it was perfect. I mm-hmm. loved it. And we lived above this gay porn studio called uh, Falcon Studios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was some crazy shit going on. I mean, it was crazy. Like, my mom came and visited one time, and she was like, woke me up. Like, it was like these thin... It was, everything was wood, and it was kind of tilted because it hurt, you know, the, uh, the earthquakes and shit. It was just old as fuck. And, and we had this giant English Mastiff, and my girlfriend and I lived with, like, two other people, and... And uh, you could hear everything. My mom would go, man, uh, I think there's somebody's in trouble down there. And there's, like, (laughs) whimpering boys, you know. But that was kind of where I got introduced to the drugs and uh, the guy who, um, uh, and for anyone who's listening, I I don't do drugs anymore. I'm recovered. But uh, to get to this point, uh, there was some bad shit (laughs) went down. But so so that guy... That owned that company uh, turned me on to another porn company in <laughs> L.A. And that kind of gave... So I moved to L.A. and I lived in a warehouse downtown L.A. I was still shooting the bands and stuff. But that, you know, you don't make much money off of that. And it's editorial and I got an agent pretty quick. But to pay the bills, I still, on the side, shot porn box covers and uh, all that stuff for like a couple of years. And then, okay, I didn't. I never knew that about you. There you go. I didn't know that Something was a, new. I didn't um, know that was a thing. So that that was really your bread and butter. Then was that's my how bread you made your money. Like you, yeah. you got to shoot your artists and your, your yeah. you know, your heroes, so to mm-hmm. speak, for for more fun, mm-hmm. you know, and a little bit of cash. Mm-hmm. But really, the way you pay your bills is shooting mm-hmm. porn. I got a lot of good stories there too. But and I met my assistant on this porn on a porn set. So the owner of the porn company. If you're listening, hi Shannon. Is uh, Shan- Shan- this is my friend Shannon, who's also known as uh, Shane of Sh- Shane's World, which is the name of the company. And her husband was uh, Bobby Hewitt from the band Orgy. Was the drummer of the band Orgy. Okay. And um, and his twin brother, identical twin brother, is just stopped working with me. This was I'm talking. He worked with me for 20 years. Um, 
as my assistant. He's now a super big photographer that shoots a lot of um, glossy, like, Nike sports type stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, I mean, it just it's a, it's a whirlwind from there. It's just, you know, I'm still in L.A. That was 1996. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And uh, time went by. Ex-wives, new wives. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> Drug strippers. Yeah. Uh, well, that's... Okay. It's like a VH1 special. Shit was really good. It climbed, it climbed, mm-hmm. it climbed. Then it came tumbling down for a little while. Okay. Climbed a little bit, tumbled down again to my to as low as I could go. And then I'm in, in now, you know, <clears throat> life, I talk about it almost every day. It's like, unless I get struck with a giant illness... I mean, it's fucking life is good, man. I'm yeah. sitting here with you. I mean, I have so many friends. Yeah, man. I'm. I would have never dreamt of being back in Fort Walton Beach. I, I left. I was like, I'm never going back. Mm-hmm. And, and now, uh, I love being here. You know, yeah. it's not not that I need any notoriety because that doesn't really matter. But it's nice to feel appreciated. And it's nice to come home and then and people that knew me where I came from are they? They're, they're fucking proud, proud of, of you. They're proud yeah. of me. Yeah, they're proud of me. Yeah, so, man. Um, so I like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's dig in a little more to this. Uh, <laughs> uh, cause see now I'm curious now cause I'm learning, I'm learning stuff. Um, you know, I, I know we don't know each other extremely well, but you know, we've worked together a couple different mm-hmm. times and I've, I've, I've heard a few stories from you. That's, and a lot of that is really intriguing. It's hence why I wanted you to come on here. Um, okay. So you go to LA and you, you're shooting these porn boxes and you say you get into, um, you got really into drugs, man. Mm-hmm. What, like, what, what specifically? And also, like, I also kind of like, I kind of want to know what like these sets are like. Like, are you so like, are you just is everyone just fucking? Yes. You? So and you're just, like, uh, fluffers will just fuck like, yeah. give you blowjobs whenever you want them and shit while you're shooting or like not what? me. I you know like, I, that I, but did, I figure the photography that didn't happen. It could have, but it didn't. <laughs> and uh, I was in my twenties, uh, you know, and yeah. uh, it that didn't it. It could have, but I was married then, and I was okay. being, you know, I was faithful, and I didn't, I didn't mess around. So, um, yeah, they were Gonzo. Anyone listening, just Google Shane's World. You'll see. You can still see me in the background. And back then, <laughs> the dude would just be shooting, and I was doing the still. So I'd just be like running behind between a chick's legs, and there, yeah. I'm in the camera, and there's flat. You know, it was like super amateur almost. Yeah. Like, they would have a big party. A band would come over. Whoever. And uh, and then people would just start drinking, and then they had the big house in the valley. Ironically, I live there now in that in that neighborhood where mm-hmm. I started that in Chatsworth, California. And um, they'd have a big party, and then before he knew, it, I mean, he didn't even know which way to turn. It was you know full blown orgies and yeah, and just fucking blow everywhere. And yeah, because the f- girls and guys got paid per scene, so the girls just you know more times you know you had sex, the more money you made. So they would just sit. They would just sit in the house and fuck and all day. Then, yeah, and then at the end of the day, they'd line up to, to a little picnic table, and Shane would sit there with a stack of cash and go, "How many scenes? How many scenes? How many scenes? You know that kind of deal." And, uh, and then I actually worked for another guy, uh, Matt Zane, the mm. Zane Productions, and he did a little. His were a little raunchier, and I, I have stories. I can't tell the story. I, th- I mean, I don't <laughs> feel like I could say a lot on here, but. There's some crazy shit that even 
the most hardcore people cringe at. Yeah. That's understandable. <laughs> we'll leave that then. That's for later. It's after you yell, cut. <laughs> Gee, so it really is just like you'd imagine. It's it exactly be. how you imagine it. Yeah. And I, you know, the good and the bad thing I think about me is, um, you know, I, um, I throw myself really far into whatever I'm doing, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I guess I'm, if I'm shooting with you, I, you know, I, not that I become friends with everybody, but I really become immersed in like what they're into. I like to know everything, Mm. get fully into it. I don't just show up to it and go home back in those days. Like, you know, I still have friends that are, you know, higher profile musicians that are my good friends still to this. I mean, I don't know good friends. I don't hang out at their houses, but they're my friends. And like, we Facebook and we text and yeah. and I've known them for twenty years and uh, and I met them on photo shoots. You know mm. what I mean? And then um, you be you, you build a trust like you know you taking someone's picture and a lot of photographers are you know they they there's they don't know the etiquette and so mm. you have to understand people and what's what you can share with the world and maybe you know what you can't what's and what, to be kept and, and private I, yeah. I think a lot of that was what I, I I like to see a lot of that that, that movie is a good representation of it um, almost famous with mm-hmm. that, that you know that, yep. and it, back in the which I I wish I missed those days because I was too young for that but you know back in the days when you could tour with a band and like Led Zeppelin's for, for example and, and you did their pictures but you knew you know what you could and couldn't share with the, the world and I think that still is true today and I think um, you know, especially with social media and, and the way things are, you kind of want to share everything and, and you, you know, that's, I think you build a trust with your mm-hmm. kind of base of folks that you, you know, work with and you become known, known for, you know, this dude's a good dude. You can trust him. He's knows how to act and he's talented and, um, you don't need to trip. He's not going to air your dirty laundry. Yeah. Guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's all over LA. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and, and and the other cool thing that I think is unique about you know my situation in LA is that um, when I started there, even back in the film days, I don't think there was a lot of people pr- you know printing their own prints and developing their own film and doing all that stuff. Like we didn't have a lot of money. Like I was always broke because I spent all my money on film and 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 doing sh- i was just always shooting mm-hmm. as i am today you know every yeah. day i got my camera right here i'm, I'm it's never ends but back then it's like you, you know roll of film is you know 10 bucks or whatever and then you need to process it and this and that and uh myself and there was like a core group of photographers we were all young 20s and we would meet in hollywood and we would print at these rental labs where you could rent space and and we would develop film, and then we'd sit in here. Like, it was kind of reminded me of those old... You hear stories about Saturday Night Live with the old comedians, and they, like, Chevy Chase and those really old-school guys, they would all hang out, like, together and eat dinner, and, like, like it was a crew. Yeah. And so this crew, we all, just for whatever reason, and we all became something mm-hmm. in in terms of, like, a established photographer in different st- styles of the craft, and... Um, one of my old best friends, his name is Carlos Surround. I mean, he's probably, I think it's safe to say, one of the biggest photographers on the planet. You know, yeah. and he's in, I mean, if you Google his shit, you lose your mind. He's mm. it's so insane. And um, Cheryl Neals, who's one of the biggest celebrity music 
photographers on the planet. There's a whole Craig Cameron Olson. There's like there's like five of us, and we all we all still talk to each other. And everybody's we don't have time anymore to hang out, but we all live in you know different New York and L.A. and this and that and 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 I like I love to you know look back on that and and that was a mad it's magical you yeah. know what I mean and I think you know when I see people starting out today it doesn't matter what you do I think it's important to always you know whether you're a musician or a photographer or everyone seems to be in a competitive mode like let's not like you don't like you're holding your cards close to your chest and you don't want to share information what's you're not fucking curing cancer you're taking pictures or you're you know you i i think it's a good quality to want everyone to succeed yeah it's more fun absolutely right absolutely. so we would share equipment we would help each other we would assist each other if carlos was shooting a band i would go and hold his i would assist him and he would assist me and we just hung out together every day and if i didn't have he had and we just shared and and um and i don't see a lot of that today i feel i feel that a ten- tension like people are tend to like i don't know it's weird like just uh, just not happy for each other's success because it is more or competitive like they're you're, they're scared you're going to take their job from yeah. them or this and or you know i don't know it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a quality that you don't see a lot of mm. uh, i see a lot of the kind of like yeah. Maybe it they people like to act like they're happy for you, but they're really not kind of thing. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm really like maybe that comes with sobriety and uh, AA and all the things that I'm into. But I probably what I think I've always been a nice person, but I think I really get pleasure out of you know because I didn't have a lot to offer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Back when I was growing up, I was. I was selfish and, you know, I didn't have a lot to offer the community or Mm -hmm. people or anybody. So I can take a picture. I know how to get sober. Mm. Uh, So that's that's what I got to work with. (laughs) You know what I mean? You need need something for me to those things. Yeah, I can help you uh, build your house. I can do whatever. I just like to be of service. Well, man, I've heard you mention um, several times throughout this already, uh, you know, being sober and, Mm. And all that. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? About about recovery? Maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe something that that we could tap into that might help. You know, if anyone is struggling with that, or are there any? You know, if there's funny stories about. Well, it or yeah, I mean, uh, like what? Uh, you know, <laughs> I can say. Uh, see, I got a couple of funny stories. Well, the it's never funny, but you know, uh, I remember it was 1998, and um, I don't know how old I was. I'm 48 now, so do the math, but. Um, people were, my friend, you know, I, I used to work for Frank Zappa's family mm-hmm. and, um, right when Frank, actually Frank had just passed away and I got hired to go, my job was to go through all his fan mail, which was endless. So I sat in warehouses. How just, do you score that job being a photographer? Cause I shot Ahmet Zappa. Okay. And I remember train spotting the original one had yeah. just come out. Yeah. And my very one of my best friends he just passed away last year from cancer his name was steven stickler and he was a big music photographer but he he was shooting the zappa family so i met the, them through him and then oddly enough shot the train spotting people for something else but that was a cool period mm-hmm. of time in my life and so then i got another job for a magazine shooting Ahmet zappa for a different project and then he and i just became best friends like right on the spot mm-hmm. and started hang like we would just hang out every single day and he, being who he was, could get shit done. 
So, well, I got that job. To answer your question, that's how I got that job. Yeah. And became his mom. His mom, Gail, God rest her soul, too. She just passed away not that long ago. But she would make sure we were always taken, my wife and I were always taken care of. She always invited us over for Thanksgiving and Christmas and made sure we had a fridge because we were broke and made mm-hmm. sure we had shit. And they were very, just the kindest people. And, um, I mean, unbelievable family. Like, yeah. it's amazing. And uh, so Amit, being who he was and being kind of a punk, like, we would just hang out and he would, every day, and, and my friend Tori Mel, who's a genius too, he works for uh, Rod Roddenberry, this from did Star Trek. Like, these people are just, ta- I don't know how you can say what their talent is, they're just fucking geniuses. Yeah. And so, because he didn't need to work, really, and he, he could just make phone calls and make shit happen, he'd be like, we'd just be sitting around like, you know, it'd be funny, uh, let's get fucking Gary Coleman and uh, we'll do like a double OG where like Gary Coleman and my friend Tori had a DeLorean because his favorite movie was Back to the Future. <laughs> and so we get fucking, he, his agent would call Gary's agent and we'd go bowling with Gary Coleman, talk about <laughs> to, to pitch him this idea. I mean, it's so Hollywood, right? But at a low level, Hollywood. Like it's, no, it's not a high level meeting. It's like fucking... Your people talk to his people and set it up. It's and like the go, original reality TV before dude, it was around. Dude, shit was... And Jack... Like, we yeah. were doing all the jackass shit before. That would have... So we'd meet Gary Cohen, and then we'd just do these... Then we would call... I had an in at this fucking fashion magazine in New York called uh, Sportswear International. Mm. <laughs> it's like a trade magazine. I don't know. It's for, like... It's not even, it's like, I don't know, it's for like, if you're a designer or some shit, you put your clothes in there. But I had a good friend here who's a director now, and I work with her to this day. Like, we're friends. This was in the 90s. But she would, we would just call her and go, hey, man, uh, you want any Gary Coleman shit? And she'd be like, yeah, let's fucking turn it into a fashion shoot. And then she'd come over and like bring like fucking crazy clothes, and we'd dress models. And Gary Coleman was like, we had this scenario where like, he was uh, like James Bond, and he had his his entourage of bitches. And then there was a, uh, there was some evil nemesis that was trying to kill Gary Coleman. But now the, the, the chicks were now like double agents. And like, there's a shot of like a snipe, like I'm a sniper and I sh- try to sh- kill Gary Coleman. The chick dives in front, but she gets shot in the neck. I mean, it's all that kind of <laughs> shit. Ninjas jumping out and fucking fights and swords and whatever. And anyway, uh, but that's how also that same magazine, Amit is how I met Maynard from Tool mm-hmm. because he had met Maynard at some weird thing. And then he's like, hey, man, this is the best. I just remember this story. This is how that, all that shit happened. He goes, you know, it'd be cool. Let's, uh, I just met Maynard from Tool. You know, he says, hey, yeah, I think it, yeah, that'd be cool. Well, how are we going to do that? What's the angle? Like, how is he going to let us shoot him? He goes, well, but you just need to find a magazine to let it. They'll do a story, and so I was like, "Who do we know?" I was like, "Hey, Carrie, uh, you got you want to shoot Maynard from Tool?" She's like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's put some acid wash jeans on him and call it a fashion story." So Maynard or uh, Amit's like, "It's in Vegas." And Maynard just happens to be in Vegas, and and this is uh, probably ninety ninety eight. Well, and he he didn't let a lot of people shoot him either. I don't, right? I don't like, really know that. I know that. I know for a while they didn't do. I think for like. Several well, years he did very little media. That was their thing. That was like their thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So that's so. Anyway, that's good for you. I that mean, you were uh, able to, man. You know, and yeah. that was my so. Amit 
I don't know if you've seen this, the picture I did with Maynard with the, we built a chest bomb. This is some crazy shit. Like, if we did this today, you'd be shot. You'd be fucked up. I mean, you, <laughs> if you did this, what we did. So we sat up all night at Ahmed's house. We're going to, especially be in Vegas the next day. We're like, let's fucking make a, a time bomb and put it on his, and he'll, and Ahmed's like, and we'll make him wear like tidy whities but they're really loose tidy whities with like a Chinese robe and shit. And uh, we'll we'll put him in front of the hard rock ca- like he's gonna blow up the whole building, and we're like killer. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so we're up all night with like uh, flares, like we got flare mm-hmm. sticks, yeah, you know. And then we got duct tape, and we just connected them with and put a bunch of wires out of them and shit with like a big ass alarm clock, like a say you know those old school Timex like alarm with like the bells on the top, and we made that and we get there and. and I mean, can you find this image? Can you can you Google this image? Is this a published image? Uh, it was published. Yeah. It, I mean, good luck. It's it's. I had. Is, is it I, on it, your website? Mm, it's probably too old for that. Okay. I have. Uh, I have it. It's not. Yeah. Not I, to interrupt, but you I, could probably, I want to see you this. Could probably, you could probably Google like Sports International Maynard James Keenan and probably come up. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But uh, so we show up and. Uh, I mean, he was just the nicest guy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I immediately see so intelligent and so nice and and uh, had an awesome shoot mm-hmm. in Vegas, and we drove back. And, I mean, it was, I think, probably quite a while since I did another shoot with him, but then that just snowballed into just shooting him over and over for a lot until recently. I mean, still to this day. Yeah, right now. yeah. Um, so, and the same with the band Weezer. I mean, that, I met them and a... Uh, for this magazine, uh, Alternative Press, it's a big. Yeah, I used to read all. Uh, so all I, P. So, so they gave they gave me really they gave me pretty much every band shoot I did for the for this guy Norman Wonderly, and he was awesome. He he was in charge of AP, and he I mean the first Kid Rock shoots and yeah. uh, all these. I mean, always was giving me just the Green Days and the Blink One Eight Twos and uh, all the, the raddest people in the beginnings of their their deal mm. um and weezer was one of them they're doing this one this one uh issue where everyone had to all the photographers had an assignment to whoever they were shooting they got assigned they had to shoot something i think 2000 year 2000 or maybe it was spaceships or space odyssey or space something with space mm. so i was getting all i was still drinking i was in my backyard like drinking coronas and thinking man what can i do with these i don't know i didn't know him at this point and i was like i started laughing me and my buddy were laughing like we'll just make a fucking like we'll get i think this one is online for sure (laughs) we'll just get a fucking cardboard and we'll make like a cardboard spaceship Mm -hmm. you know like just one dimensional with like a ladder coming out of it and then and this is in my backyard in like north hollywood (laughs) yeah and i swear just getting all fucked up and spray painting it glitter and shit and then we were like, and then we'll just go to Home Depot and get a bunch of like air conditioner, fucking vents and the, the and tinfoil, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tinfoil. And they came over, and they were and and Rivers is just like didn't say hardly. I was nervous. He was like didn't say didn't look excited about anything. He's like, what? So what are your ideas? And I said, oh, here's my idea. He goes, cool, let's do it. Yeah. I was like, wow, that was easy. So we did it, and I mean that was killer image and then and but then they took a shine at me and then i did you know i worked on every album since that really and it still works like that they're i would say 
um, out of the you know hundreds and hundreds of bands that I've shot, to probably anything with Maynard and anything with Weezer, or as an artist, you know, getting because with Weezer, just it went like it'll always go like this. They'll hey, uh, we the next album's coming out. <clears throat> um, let's have a meeting, and then I'll I'll show up with a bunch of uh, pictures of. I usually would go through my old. Mm. I got another cool story about how I got my vinyl collection, but I go through, I, I, you know, find all these old vinyls and and copy them and bring them, like here. I think we should go with like a. Every picture has something to do with teamwork, a team shit. Okay. So, you're in, on a soccer team, and we go crash like some Mexican soccer field, and they'd be dressed up like in soccer outfits, or, um, <clears throat> you know, there's always a th- a, a string, a theme for the shoot. The la- the red album was uh, a g- like um, a gang, so they were mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, we did stuff like um, the Warriors and shit, like where they're in the L.A. River, all like with chains and shit, or they're, uh, you know, all kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Our boxing, their boxing ring, and all that whole deal. But um, and Maynard just like he'll just call and maybe say, uh, I want. I, mean, he, I don't know if he was joking or not. I took him serious, but he's like, oh. Uh, I want transsexuals and uh, whatever. And my ex-wife would go on Craigslist and got him some transsexuals. <laughs> and we show up at a hotel. I do. I do like that <clears throat> image. I, I know you can find that one. That's actually on your website. Probably. I've seen that one on yeah. there. So uh, super cool image. By um, the way, for anyone anyone listening to this who does want to check out some of these images, uh, before we go, you know, if you want to check along while you're listening, what is it? SeanMurphyPhoto.com, mm-hmm. right? And the, all the um, all the music stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're talking about will be hidden in a section called the Rock Vault because yeah. mostly I, I ninety five percent of my work these days is not music just because I just it's just how life evolved but um, um it gets confusing I think in the advertising world when I put a bunch of crazy conceptual music stuff and mix in with like kids on the beach they're like mm. <laughs> fucking what? yeah. what's this guy gonna do i got a, i had a job interview or a, a, a tree i was a, a big interview today i can't talk about who it was for but it was a big it's a big one big company and they and they were really interested and uh but the guy the first thing he says is man i understand i think you're a really wild dude Real wild. He probably did just Googled me and saw some fucked mm-hmm. up videos or something. And I don't know. We I, we were discussing like whether or not we were even right for the job. And then I and so I had to you know I quickly put him at ease and and all of that. But it definitely confuses people. And um, uh, but I do find that um, overall, even with all the drug talk in the past and as many crazy things as I I've done my career couldn't be better than it is today. And I think people, uh, well, if anyone that knew the old me is, that was someone that, uh, you probably wouldn't want to deal with that much because I was a fucking mess. You know what I mean? Well, how, but a a lot of your sex, your success came through that period. So so what was that? Just that, was that just like a highly functioning type thing? I mean, I hear um, a lot of that, and, you know, I think, I I talk a lot of shit about L.A. sometimes, you know, um, because I've been there for so long, and mm-hmm. I'm just, I get burned out on traffic, or sometimes the people get to me, and, but it's a rad place, and it was very good to me, I have to give it, 
you know, give respect where it's due. And, you know, it gave me my life. And I think they, I always hear in the AA meetings, like a lot of people will say, you know, or they always say it worked till it didn't work anymore. Right. So I was kind of, I don't think I was ever shy really, but, but the drugs and alcohol definitely gave me that little push. Right. Like, like today I'm not hanging out at bars every night Mm -hmm. and I'm not a club kid and I'm not going to shows really. I'm not out. I'm not in the scene. So how would people, you know what I mean? I was, I was fucking backstage. I was in the scene. I was getting people drugs. I was running around. I knew like the key people in Hollywood. So it was, it was very easy to meet everybody and, yeah. and be in the eyes of people. Yeah, you were plugged in. I was plugged in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And these days, I think, um, it, it, it worked anyway, not to get to all other places, but that was, it worked then. And we were all in our late twenties, early thirties and, you know, it was, um, that's what you, that's kind of what you did. Just everyone was going hard. So. <laughs> going hard. And yeah. then, and then, and a lot of us, a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, they die and mm-hmm. they die or they, they lose their careers. Yeah. Um, my wife currently, I've, we've been together for 10 years, but I met her, she was in a band mm-hmm. and, um, and that was on the back end of my, my deal. Yeah. Um, and I know, I think you asked me earlier about the sobriety and when i started out i was like 28 and i I couldn't get put 30 days together it was in and out in and out in and out and i'd at one point uh i'll give you one drunk story because it's a good Mm. one and then we'll talk about you know how (laughs) how i got better but um i had eight months sober and i got a like sober from everything sober from everything always everything sober meaning everything so it was always it wasn't always just one specific thing it It was was usually coke and booze okay my thing at that time evolved into meth okay and chardonnay yeah (laughs) that was kind of my get down that was kind of my high class get down classier version yeah yeah. chilled chardonnay do do a lot of uh not to get too off subject and i don't want to interrupt your story Mm -hmm. too much but do is that a thing do a lot of wealthy people and and a lot of hollywood are they into meth is that mm. is it is it more of a thing than you think? Probably I'm not asking you selling Pro- one out probably. or anything. But I like, don't. I you know probably because you. I I've always associated math with fucking hillbillies. Yeah, but it's not. That's not a thing. It's like no, it's just people like a, don't like to talk about it yeah. because it's a little bit thought of. I think as lower. Yeah. I had a little heart attack thing with some coke when uh-huh. I was twenty eight. Yeah, and I went to. Uh, I'm not calling these people out. They don't care. Amit. I went over to Amit and the chick uh-huh. uh, from. Uh, my name is Earl. What's the blonde girl? Presley. Oh, yeah. She yeah. was over at his house, and I went over. I was having a fucking heart attack. And I drove over. My my wife was at work, and I drove over. And I was like, Ahmed, oh, I'm having a fucking heart attack. You have to take me to the hospital. And he's like, I ain't going to the hospital. He don't like hospitals because of his dad. And mm-hmm. the Presley girl, she goes, dude, drink a beer, man. You'd be all right. <laughs> and I was like, you know how she talks? I was like, fuck, I'm going to die. And so my other friend, Tori, he took me to the hospital and they and they, re, and they told me they said man she goes i shouldn't be telling you this but anything is better than coke because coke wears down the lining of your heart and your heart could be having a bad day and it's a muscle and there's there's a gasoline type of things in there it wears your shit down she and so i'm like oh 
What? And I think she mentioned even like even meth's better than that. I was like, uh-huh. so you know, okay. in my mind, I was like, cool, this is better, you know. <laughs> and then and I think Adderall had something. To do. I think I got put on Adderall. Okay. I, I don't remember the whole chain of okay. events, but yeah. anyway. And then I started dating a stripper after my. There's so many things, but um. So anyway, back to the 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 big drunk story. So eight months sober, I got a job to shoot Slayer. Mm-hmm. And um, we were going to pick them up at the their record label in Santa Monica in a stretch limo. Again, I still I had this shitty Volkswagen this whole time. Like, I was such a... I didn't have any money ever. I was living in you know, a square back. I had, like, two gears. The windshield was cracked and it was missing, like, a light. And, like, one of the blinkers didn't work. So it was just jacked up. The roof was cut off because I had a mastiff and he would stick his head out the top of the thing it was like a freak show so we go to the the limo in santa monica and i'm sitting they get the 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 lady from the label goes hey man well nice to meet you you wait in the limo the band's gotta do something there'll be like 30 minutes i get in the limo and there's like this fucking lit like a like a little ledge you know how they have it it's lit up with bottles of every kind of booze like brand new bottles like it was like fucking heaven you know what i mean really and it was like my favorite was vodka i was a blackout vodka drinker super gross and i just picked absolute and i just picked this bottle and i just drank like half of it like and just chugged it right there on the spot and then we went to the camp. after eight months of sobriety eight months, oh, so you were fucked up immediately. Fucking, it, yeah. it took by the time we got to the went to the, see the kings the la kings mm-hmm. hockey game this is a great story because this changed my life um we were at the Kings game with the, with Slayer. I was borrowing my friend Carlos's camera gear because I didn't have any of my own, and uh, and I was fucking in a blackout. I don't even remember it. And at some point, the Kings scored, and everybody like jumped up and cheered, like you know, with their arms. And I, for some fucking reason, had this camera. My my exposure was off. It was like a little bit of a slow exposure, and I just turned around and went, Gah! and I took a picture. And it was like ended up being kind of cool, like where it was like a motion, but they were in focus, it was like mm-hmm. a little panning shot. I then proceeded to drive, fucking try to drive home. I live in the valley, so I, in my mind, I was like, Santa Monica. The Santa Monica goes for like forty miles. It's from the beach to downtown mm-hmm. L.A., which is fucking far, like forty miles. Yeah. And so I'm like, I just got to get to this canyon and go through the canyon and. I'll make it home in my mind, right? So I'm going through West Hollywood. And I originally got sober in West Hollywood in this gay AA meeting, so I was that was embarrassing too. But so I so I passed out at the wheel and for some reason my shoes were gone. Like I was like a fucking cops. Like you see you watch cops and like, why the fuck does everybody like have no shoes and shirt? <laughs> like I didn't have fucking somehow my shirt was off. Like it was summer. I don't know what I was thinking. Like I was like, oh, it's a, maybe it's maybe it's hot. I'll take my clothes off. I had no shoes, a tank top or something. I'm driving, I pass out of the wheel. Next thing I know, I just see blue lights. And I'm the asshole that just takes my hands out the window, like this does take me. You know? <laughs> because I look up and in that AA meeting that I got sober, I was three or four doors down from where this was going on. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was like, God damn it. Like, this is bad. This is embarrassing, right? So, and I was a real asshole, and and I wouldn't do a blow. And I remember my brother, who's got two DUIs, was like, I remember in my head, my fucked up brain, He, I remember him saying, never blow. Yeah. No matter what, never blow. (laughs) And so in my mind, I'm like, nope. And they would make me blow, I'd just go, (laughs) you know, (laughs) thinking like, I'm going to fool it and shit. 
And they were so pissed. And then they called an ambulance and they had to strap me down. I was like that irate drunk person. And they had to draw blood. And then they took me to jail. And I was like, you know, just super, super asshole. And and then uh, and then I lost everything. I lost my license. I lost my car. I lost, uh, I was shooting porn. It was a bad fucking year. Mm-hmm. But um, towards the end of that year, a phone call at an agent. The phone rang, and at the, up to that point, I'd never really done any big ad campaigns. It was just musicians and editorial shoots and whatnot. And the phone rang, and my agent's like, "Dude, what, guess what?" And I'm like, "What?" They go, "This some chick in Texas in Dallas was she works for this big ad agency, and she was getting her hair cut." And she was looking through Bikini Magazine, and she saw some picture you did at a fucking hockey game of some people putting their hands in the air, and they want to recreate that for a Visa campaign. This is during, like, the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah. I was like, fucking what the fuck? <clears throat> and so because of that picture, when I was wasted, and then I was, again, sober, but it paid, it, it turned right around... And I got my first big campaign, and that started my whole career path in a different direction. I wish I could tell you that was the last time I drank, but it wasn't. And yeah. a lot, and to lose a lot more shit, and for another ten years, twelve yeah. years, you know. Um, so yeah. So you've been you've been a hundred percent sober for thirty minutes. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't talk about that yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking some long uh, tea right now. <laughs> uh, uh, six years. Okay. And some change. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, how is that? How how different is that? Not just in work, but uh, just in life too, man. Like what? I mean, are you? Are you? Well, like, what does it do with your happiness? What is it? How do you feel? Do you well, feel better? Well, do you feel like you know? No, I feel good. Is like, it a is it a is it a constant battle? Nope. Is it no? No. Um, I, you know, for me, you know, it I, it took twelve years to get the one year that I finally got, and for me, it was uh, I had my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Rafi, who, you know, I really loved. Still, mm. I mean, I love her. Mm. I loved her to death, and for whatever reason, I could not stop getting high you know even though i knew it was the worst thing i could ever do and i had little kids my kids at the time were like five and six i have three kids and um so i went to i had finally hit a point where i went to i knew the jig was up and i felt it like i felt like hmm motherfuckers are gonna surround me maybe soon i mean i just do this on my own so i was like i just put myself in rehab at 12 oaks here in Mm -hmm. navarre Mm -hmm. and that was a cool experience and i managed from that point that was 2008 i got eight months after that and rafi and then i and i relapsed yeah and then she uh did she leave me then she left for a year and went back to detroit she left right after rehab yeah. for almost a year. But but when I relapsed I went to another I went to a sober living house and I, I was in a meeting. This is this is this is the the big important part. I was at a meeting and um and after the meeting this Irish guy comes up to me and he's like, Hey, 
have you done this the step work the steps and i was like i mean it's called a 12-step program but i had never done any step work i had just gone to meetings and thought that was shit was going to keep me sober and he was like did you ever done the steps and i was like no he goes well let's go outside right now and read the doctor's opinion which is in the beginning of the book the big book mm-hmm. and and in the first fucking paragraph oddly enough it says you know something like and i always in my mind my grandfather had 26 years sober and many other people i knew had a lot of time sober but they never really mentioned this part and they're always saying you're in recovery i'm always in recovery yeah. I'll always be this I'll always be that but in the beginning it says hundreds of men and women have recovered from drugs and alcohol and if you do x y and z you will recover with 100 percent certainty i was like god damn that's some certain shit like yeah. i never heard that before so i was like so he's like uh you want to do the steps and i was like fucking hey and he just opened up this sober living house in chatsworth which was dude it looked like a crack house like a crack yeah. den where's chatsworth where's chatsworth Chats- is in yeah. the valley west okay. valley deep mm-hmm. uh, in the valley it's a lot of like a it's hard to describe. It's uh, mm-hmm. horses and porn and okay, old Hollywood. There's just porn everywhere. In the Chatsworth. That's the spot. Okay, that's the porn capital. Okay, but um, he, I lived in a garage with this guy, and I lived in a, on a cot in a garage um, for five months. And I was, but he told, he was like, just come in for 30 days. We'll get, we'll fucking do it. And I had a, I lived in my studio. I had my kids and my girlfriend that was right down the street. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it. I'll go for 30 days. We'll do these fucking steps. I'll be done. And, uh, I said, I liked, I was having such a great experience and it was such a changing experience. Mm. I mean, dude, and I say I lived in a garage, like it was a fucking garage full of shit, like junk. And I had a cot and my friend Mike had a bed and my, sponsor who had just passed away my ex-sponsor he had passed away was a uh in a bike club Mm. a large bike club which i won't mention (laughs) and he they left he gave me his money those brothers gave me his harley davidson and i would park that motherfucker in in the garage in front of the bed the cot that i stayed in and mike awesome fucking dude he would always his thing would always be like hey murph think i got a really good one man he would he would just go out and search for the most fucked up people on the planet like you would just look at him and go you would walk three blocks away from him and he would pick him up and put him in his truck and put him in the fucking garage so i'd come home <laughs> like i'd come home at night after like working or some shit and go and it's a big house there's all these rooms and it and now it's like the, the premier like sober like if you want to get sober you go to plan it's called plan c mm. you go to plan c in this place you fucking you're fucking it's it's like magic but i would come home late in the day and i'd come into this garage with like my cell phone like the light i'd hear like this noise <laughs> and i'd look over like next to my cot there's some fucking strange dude with a handlebar mustache dry rubbing his dick and i'm like god dick like that shit would happen all the time <laughs> like he mike would just drop dudes off and then fucking not tell me and it'd be like weird meth addicts just out of prison jerking off in the garage it was weird and uh, and I remember just you know, there, but those were the were fucking good times. And I got a <laughs> and I got a year and I got a fucking year. And I still yeah. go back. I love that place. And I have six years now. You know, and yeah. it's like it's magical. And I'm not gonna lie, like so many there's f- five people that I I know personally have died in the last two months. And 
it's rampant. And the one thing that he told me and that I t- tell people that sometimes later on people mention it to me, like, thank you for saying this, is my sponsor told me, he says, man, you you have to fucking get sober because people out here are dropping like flies and you need to fucking help them. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to be an example and you need to fucking help these motherfuckers because they're just fucking dropping like flies. And I was like, I never, it never was put to me like that. I was like, instead of being a selfish it's asshole. It's happening here too, though, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So instead of being a self, one more selfish asshole on the planet, I might not do a ton of shit, but mm. I, but I can do that. Yeah. And I, and I can, you know what I mean? Like, mm. and I can't make anyone get sober, but I, but if somebody needs help, I'll, I, I'm there yeah. and, I, and, I, and I dig it. I like that. Yeah. Um, I think the first time I met you, you had been, I think. You met me right when I got out of rehab. I think that was your last stint, mm. right? No, because I got it. That was 2008. Yeah. Uh, you, you met me. No, I think when I started working for Boat, I think that was like 2010. Something like that, yeah. 2010 mm. or 2000, 2011. No, no, 2011, yeah. It was when you came to the uh, Boat mm-hmm. Factory in okay. Yeah. So. And right when you started. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably like right, right in the beginning. Yeah, you know. Um, so that, so yeah, that was right after your last, mm-hmm. your last time, man. Mm-hmm. It's been and then I got sober. Then, yeah. My mom got sober a year after mm-hmm. me. My brother just got sober. And, That's awesome, man. Um, the the community here in Fort Walton is barn. I mean, it's awesome. Like, uh, I every time I come home, I go to certain meetings. It's always. It's nice when you see the same people year after year, and that's a good sign that people are, they they've got a good mm. fellowship, and mm. um, and like I I've had some experiences recently where some folks have needed help, and they've called me from wherever I am in on the world, and they're like, I need fucking help, and I'm not here to help them, but I I, I go, hang on, dude, and I patch, I I text another dude that I know here mm. that maybe has five months sober, I'm like can you go pick this dude up? Yeah. And he's like, I'm on it. And he goes and picks that dude up, takes him to a meeting, starts taking him through the steps. And I'm like, fucking magic, dude. What That's do you, what works. do you do? What do you do during those times though? Cause I mean, I imagine you fill a lot of your time with using. So do you uh, just, you turn into fucking like superpowers. Yeah. Because it's like, because you were doing when, all that when I'm not using, fuck, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Like the time, the the time I get to spend with my like. Here's the 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 main thing, is that I spend all my time with my kids. Yeah. So uh, we spend. I never miss anything. I'm always on time, um, unless I'm traveling for work. But if I'm not at here or traveling for a job, I'm I'm home and I'm with my kids and we're traveling, doing road trips, and mm. I'm. Uh, I just show up, you know what I mean? People aren't worried, is he going to show up? Mm. Is he going to be fucked up? Is he going to be coming off of one? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, So that took that took a long time. Some people never came back in my life, but it took a long time. Uh, but I can honestly say with 100%, like, um, the, the people that are around, like, they, they I know, I know they... Uh, they, they know. I know they know. I'm gonna show up. Like they, I, they just feel confident. Yeah. Like whatever the thing is, Sean will be there. He'll be mm. on time. He'll do a good job. He'll do the best he can. And he's a nice dude. And he's he'll help us. He'll, yeah. He's always available. 
and um and that's what i mean it really i mean what more could you want yeah um, because in the cool and the other cool thing is like what they tell you when you're getting sober like man you don't even know how good your shit's gonna get like you can't describe it to somebody like it's gonna get so good that it's gonna get you're not even gonna want the shit you think you want Mm. Like that's how good it gets. Like it's like really um, cool that I'm gonna get really busy with work and I make fucking a lot of money and yeah. I get a bigger house. I'm gonna get a lot of shit. It's, it's not that, that that shit becomes like second. Yeah, it's like ah fuck. I don't really need. I'm cool. My rent's paid mm. and I have more time to donate my time to some cool shit and yeah. um, go with my kids or yeah. It's just a good. I mean, I have a lot of time to fucking. I'm busy. I don't have a lot of free time, but. Mm. I can squeeze it all in. Yeah. Well, you can, manip- I can, you can manage manipulate my time. time. I yeah. can manipulate my time. Yeah. And, um, that's, and honestly, that's the best That's the best thing recently with me, too, is just uh, uh, being able to, you know, when you do work for, you know, you say you work for yourself, but you really just work for a bunch of people mm-hmm. rather than just one specific person. But when you do work for, for yourself, um, you do just that freedom to manipulate your time and, you know, if, if there is something important to you with, you know, say, I don't know if kids play basketball or whatever the fuck, if they sing, whatever. But if you got to be there for it, you can make that happen. You know, mm-hmm. you know what your schedule is going to be like. You can dictate your schedule. Um, and I think that's a that's a really important part of that, too, man. Um, but, yeah, that's that's rad, man. I didn't know. Like, I remember, I remember when I first met you, I, I remember you didn't tell me, but uh, a mutual friend of ours uh, when, who sent you over there to shoot over at boat. Uh, I think he told yeah. us that you were just coming off one yeah. or whatever, and yeah. uh, and that's rad, dude. I'm, I'm stoked yeah. that I'm stoked that you kept that up, man. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. you know, and uh, you know, like, I, and, and you know, and that boat thing, like, so I just show up and do shit, and like, yeah. it's evolved into like how many years later? That's like your biggest client biggest, now, right? I mean, you know, my biggest. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I didn't push it. It just evolved into something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I like to say that, too. Like, I have, there's a lot of people that are always, uh, for whatever reason, like, they don't want to do something unless you're giving them the money. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll do this and you give me a dollar and, and yeah. whatever. But I I think it's good to, to do things with money. I mean, of course, you have to make money. Yeah. But I'll seek shit out. And if it's interesting... It just looks cool. It's like, how can it be a bad thing? Yeah. Right? Did you so, see that fucking eclipse picture, Shane? No, that he did. Yeah. Did you see it? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Holy yeah, shit. Cool. We got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty... Yeah. Man, I've, I've been following your shit for a while. Uh, but that one... That one was something else, man. I think it's on the boat uh, the boat Facebook page and probably on your personal one yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah. But you, you, but you know, um, you know they. I with that whole thing started. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, Corey was like. I, I just thought he was. You, you know, you can tell people got have something special. Yeah. What I, I don't know. You can't yeah. put a finger on it, but and I met him one time. Like I don't yeah. know what it is, but yeah, some. Yeah. Some something's gonna, gonna. This dude's gonna do something, and I just want to be attached to that. Yeah. And I, and, and I. You know, um, dude, you're so right. You're so right, man. I remember when I when I first started working with him, I was just like, "What yeah. the fuck?" Like yeah. this dude's a he's a fucking maniac, yeah. but like in the best way yeah. possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, just yeah, just a, an unbelievable mind. Yeah, 
work at everything. Energy and Rafi, yeah. and Rafi, my wife always says like he's the only dude that like you get that like, you guys can keep up with the energy and the crazy the vo- I, I can't match his mm. his uh i mean he's works on a different he's a kind of dude that you know he he runs a business he's young first of all he runs a big business and he somehow knows about every area of that business even it's if crazy. it's like editing a video yeah he has good taste he understands so I, that makes me feel good that he trusts me enough mm-hmm. to like be in charge of the kind of the look of the brand, and along with this guy Rob Maccabee, who I actually probably is more responsible for. In the he saw that we did a picture of uh, Corey's with my with Alan Helmuth. Mm-hmm. He he they had an old mail truck there, and 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 Alan's like, hey man, let's get that mail truck and like do a fun shoot with it and. Like light, pretend like we're lighting it on fire, and and we'll shoot Magda or whatever. And we did that <laughs> shot, and the, and, the, and then they hired this graphic, this uh, designer, and and he lives in Jacksonville, and he had seen those photos, and and was like, who's took who took those fucking pictures? And they're like, oh, this dude Sean in L.A. And he's like, oh, you need that guy. That yeah. guy is the guy we need to do our shit. And so, and that's how it started. You know. So you've gotten a lot of opportunities elsewhere just from the like some of the work you've done with Bo then. I think so. I mean, I don't I think it's all like uh I think I like to do everything mm-hmm. and I don't really know you can't pinpoint like where something comes from. Yeah. Like I did that so that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's sometimes sometimes really you anyway, can. But, yeah. but I think it's like I'll be as nice of a person as I can. I'm gonna do a really good job no matter how, what the level of the thing is. And um, I'm going to do as much as I can, always, every day. And mm-hmm. if I keep doing that, then eventually it's got to, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, shit's, the dots have got to connect. That yeah. was my theory. And I think it's happened. Yeah. I'm really fucking busy. I'm not a billionaire, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm good, and that's... That's all, you know, yeah. that's a dream. Yeah, man, that's awesome. You know? Um, we recently had the opportunity <clears throat> uh, to work with you professionally with uh, with Continuum as yeah, well, that man. Awesome. That was something else, yeah. dude. Uh, really appreciate your time on that and everything. It was uh, it was cool, man. Like, they, I, I know the band really loved it, and they really loved everything that we got out of it too, man. Um, and that was just recent, but... Um, but what's, what's next, man? What's coming up? Anything that you can talk about that you have? Um... Um, hmm. There's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Uh, it never stops. So that thing I was talking about, that's in. Mm. So there's a couple things that's in September. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then you're planning on you. You. I think you told me you were planning on going to L.A. You're staying out there for another what year and a half, two years. Um, and then yeah. So I, I'm in L.A. There's a lot. There's a lot of things happening out there. Um. Uh coming up recently and I haven't been there in five months mm-hmm. so it's very hard I, I need to be get I need to like I haven't caught up so I need to get home and just kind of like get caught up which is a very hard thing yeah. to do um and then the jobs have just kept coming in which is I'm really grateful for so um yeah another the plan another year and a half and then um we're hoping to move back here I mean who knows maybe it'll be two years yeah. but within sort of that time frame so the the plan or the goal would be to we're trying to open up like a a big warehouse space in Fort. It was tossing around like should we live in Freeport, live off the grid, or 
you know, do that thing. But then I'm like, man, I'm just, I still have so much energy, and I really like people around me. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, and I don't like, and I like people like, I like culture. I like yeah. different flavors of people. Mm-hmm. I'm really, you know, I, I need to be around my gay friends. Yeah. And my, you know, all the ethnicities. I, I live in a Hispanic neighborhood, or I have been for a long time. And if I don't, I'm not around that, I, I start bumming out. So, mm. the so after thinking about it a lot, I was like, man, why don't we just get a big ass building in Fort Walton, like a big cinder block building? And I'll just go find some Hispanic, nice Hispanic people that want to open up a fucking restaurant i'll say hey y'all want to put your shit on my land you can put it right there it's free just do it do your thing i want the vibe there i'm gonna i'm gonna do a work live space do workshops probably my career will still be going on obviously but probably i'll I'll tone it down a little bit and finally have time to um you know archive all the decades of celebrities and music which is right now sitting in a cold storage in la and Shit that's never seen the light of day that I think people would enjoy. Yeah. Um, and um, that that I mean, who knows? That's the general kind of wish that yeah. I think would be cool. Yeah. And to have like my dream space and be able to have kids from Choctaw or wherever they're going to school, like find these little diamonds in the rough that I think if I would have had like a mentor, like the guy that told me to move and go to Boston, like I think if I would have had I didn't need it any earlier, but I think it's cool. Like, that person's important, right? So if I can be that person to somebody, even one or two people throughout, you know, years, it's that's awesome. Like, yeah. to change a life and give them, like, a little nudge. Like, hey, man. I mean, who knows how many times you've already done that? You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. It's just, you know. Um, but, but I think... Uh, I mean, I think that's what it's all all about. Mm. I mean, how much can I do? I'm repeating myself, right? So no matter what I take a picture of, kind of, a bit, especially with music mm. and stuff. Like it would, Actually, with your band, that was new. Like, I really fucking worked. I was like, God damn, what can I? I mean, there was some cool shit that, that I hadn't done. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was a pretty bad fucking act. Like, I was fucking stoked. Like, some cool shit. And, um... So there's still things to do, but overall, like if you if you called me every week and said I got another band for you to shoot, I wouldn't have it in me to keep Absolutely. churning out that yeah. quality of thing. So that yeah. was a special event, you know, because yeah. I had time and I could put the energy. Well, we into definitely it. appreciate you doing um, that, man. But um, but anyway, so I'm I'm repeating myself these days, and I'm I'm ready just to kind of tone it down and mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, and figure out what from from there where to go. We'll see. I'm getting old. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's relative. That's relative. Yeah. But, pro- but you're probably also p- feeling pretty good too, man. I feel good. You know? I mean, fuck. Just from, uh, just from all the stuff that you've got to do with boat. Like, fuck. You go everywhere. Like, Nonstop. And yeah. uh, I'll be up at four thirty or five tomorrow morning. It's like every day that I'm around. Yeah. It's ten. You know. It's uh. But it's fun. It's. I mean, it's like. If someone, we were in the car today, and we're like, I got myself and like the art director. We were just kind of not complaining, but we're like, oh, I haven't been home in like a few months. And my, just like the, the, the lamest shit, like, which house am I going to live in when I come back? You know, it's like, you know, it's like crazy. 
like I have like three houses here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're small houses, but they're fucking. I have a house. Someone gave me a loan, you know, <laughs> and they rent. And I, for real, like I've been bankrupt, dude, like more than once. Like yeah. my shit, I have like good credit score, and people give me money and trust me to do shit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Fuck yeah, man. You know. <laughs> Well, shit, man. I know you have to be up early, man. So we're 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 about an hour and ten, I think, man. So we'll probably wrap it up. But before we do, man, uh, first of all, man, just thanks for giving me a little bit of your time, man. Yeah, I know my pleasure. I know Any we're time. a little early in this, and I know uh, I just I appreciate it, man. And then uh, also, just let people know where they can. Uh, you know, I know we mentioned a couple of things, but where can people go to check out your shit? Well, any, uh, well, seanmurphyphoto.com, that's just my website. But if anyone ever needs, has any questions, I'm real good about no matter who you are, I'll always answer photo questions or take the time to write people back. Or if you're struggling with the fucking booze or the drugs, whatever the thing is, you know, you can always reach me on Facebook, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, message me there and and I'll do what I can sweet yeah. and uh, before we go I, I wanted to explain the the picture that we're going to use for your profile real quick you got fucking caked right uh, that's a Ioki. thing right yeah yeah, yeah. Ioki caked the fuck out of yeah. you cut your eye open yeah he was mad yeah so we were on a roof and um, one of my big clients is Happy Socks uh-huh. from their Swedish sock company mm. and so they're doing a Steve Ioki sock coming out kind of tight i probably shouldn't have said that it's not out yet but sorry <laughs> if you hear this they probably won't i don't know yeah probably uh, not sorry <laughs> i mean they're in sweden so um they're very cool that's one of my favorite clients and and so anyway we're shooting steve ioki and um they wanted to do a cake throwing shots it's mm. his thing a, yeah he kicks the crowd like, well, that'd be cool if he fucking hit me in the face with a camera right and so i just put a t-shirt over my camera i knew the camera was going to get wasted so i just was like it'll be worth it and he kept he had like four cakes and he kept like <laughs> what does he just travel with fucking cakes well we got we had him on the, or did we, you we, know? we had him we knew we knew yeah we had him okay, there okay. for the shoot okay you know what i mean um and then um so he i was like yeah fucking hit me with the cake dude <laughs> and he kept like kind of skint like going over my head i was like motherfucker like hit me in the fucking face with the cake He's like, and and he's such a nice dude, and is he had he had this like little crazy eye thing like where he's like twinging a little bit like what did he, what did he just say like he just got the photographer just like got a little aggro, all right <laughs> motherfucker, and he like wound the fuck up like and gave like a little bit of a running start. His cakes were about. 20 pounds and this fucking dude i mean it cut my i almost needed stitches it was like wow and uh that was it fucking broke a lens broke my face i mean from i've got my probably see a scar here from a kid rock i've got fucking i mean I, all these bands i had so, so many cool injuries you know mm. <laughs> yeah? yeah you can't do you're not getting any cool shit being a pussy yeah. And no matter what, especially in photography, like, you can't just sit on the sidelines or in the crowd and you ain't doing anything special. You gotta, mm. you gotta fucking get into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like the eclipse yesterday, my fucking eyes balls still hurt. I was like, God damn, I can't see the shit without these fucking, I just looked at it. Yeah. For like 30 minutes. Jesus, Through man. a lens. 
<laughs> fucking, <laughs> it fucking hurt. Yeah, that's probably not a swear <laughs> I used my left eye though, just in case. Like I was like, "Fuck!" That's what you said. <laughs> to keep my semi good eye, just in case. Like I always kind of wanted a patch. I thought that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But um, so my, inside my eye, towards the back of the eye, it kind of hurts. Like a muscle hurts. Damn. A little bit. <laughs> Keep us updated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah. So next year when we have you back on, we can talk about your fucking fake eye. Dude, that'd be so sick. I'd get like fucking. Yeah, that's what you're gonna call your Mexican restaurant, One Eyed Murphs. One Eyed Murphs. Just get some fucking crazy shit. Be awesome, dude. Well, shit, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. I appreciate it. Hope you had a good time, man. Yep. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. If uh, and also, if you do have any questions for Sean, you can email it to, uh, email it to us as well, wimt.podcast at gmail.com, and I can I can get those to Sean as well. And uh, I can personally attest to his responsiveness, man. Um, so uh, so that'll do it, man. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, you're welcome. Cool. Thank you.